to the Pinstripe Podcast. I'm Scott. I will be doing this alone today again with conflicts and schedule between me and Lexi or Lexi and I. Well, it was an interesting week for the Yankees. Um, The tale of two sides that don't at all make any sense to each other and don't relate in any way. It looked like two completely different teams out there uh, this week. And let's start with the bad. It's pretty difficult to not see the bad. We got swept by the Tigers. The Tigers. Who loses to the Tigers? Sorry. What team with skill loses to the Tigers? (laughs) We went not just lose, but we got swept by them. We looked like a team that didn't know baseball. And it was it was quite embarrassing to watch, and I really didn't want to watch any of the games. And those are sadly the only games I could watch. But the one thing that I do have to say about the team that we saw this past week, or at least the the, the Tigers series, is it didn't look like we wanted to win. We went out there and. Especially game three. We went out with a lineup asking to be swept. We didn't have a great series to begin with anyways. Already losing two to the Tigers anyways is, is pretty sad. But our our lineup in it, it for the game just was, was confusing. I was really confused. We had Andujar over at first and Wade in center. We talked about it last week. Wade did a pretty good job in center, a surprisingly good job in center. But Andujar at first? Why? Like I guess since Voigt's still out, they're still trying to find a first baseman, but they're really desperately looking for something from Andujar. And I do have to give it to him, though. Andujar is doing surprisingly well for how... I like to say how not good he normally is. He's doing really well right now. Especially in a time like this where we are throwing him in literally any situation we can. He's 27. Uh, he's 27 at-bats. He's 8 for 27 in the last 7 days. Which is eh. Is eh. But is acceptable, I say, for somebody who hasn't gotten any playing time. Like, he he has nothing. He is just thrown in there every once in a while because we're getting people who are hurt. But I don't want to really give him too much credit. I think he's doing well for the situation he's in. But also, if he wants to stay, he has to start turning things up. Because he doesn't, he doesn't get a lot of opportunities. He doesn't. But you need to go, and if he wants to stay on the team, he kind of needs to up his numbers a bit, I think. He went one for five in the first game against the Rays. Not really acceptable, but the one was a very big hit. But at the same time, going back to the Tigers game, or sorry, at least the last Tigers game is more specifically what I want to talk about is, as I said, Andujar at first, 
Wade in center. We started up pitching was also completely weird. We started off with King. And then we went to Nelson. Or sorry, not, not right next to Nelson. I think if I can find it, I don't know why I'm, I'm having trouble finding it. Oh, yeah, we went to King and then Cortez and then Nelson. We just went three pitchers who never see playing time. Nestor Cortez has a 2.5, uh, sorry, 2.45 ERA. He's just pitched the one game all season. Like, we're going and we asked, we asked to lose this game. Which is, I really don't understand why. It might be a, a prep day going into the, the race series. But it just still just didn't make sense. I don't get it. And it wasn't even like our last day, if I'm correct. Never mind. We had that game, and then we had the race series. So we're taking the race series a little bit more important. But it's still very important to not get swept by the dang Tigers. And then that drops our record even more because we're at a place where we can't lose games. We talked about this last week. We talk about this every week. We can't afford to go and lose games. Because because with how our uh, standings are and how the um, AL East is so far this year, every game can honestly kick you out of playoff contention. Especially when it comes to any of those teams that should be pretty easy wins. We're in third, 31 and 25. The Red Sox 32 and 23. So they're what, two games ahead of us? I think I three games ahead of us because they have two less losses and one more win. I don't know exactly how the standings work. It always kind of confuses me. But yeah, we're in third. The Blue Jays are only two games behind us. We are not in a great spot in the third place hole. I think especially after that Tiger series, it gave even more doubt against us because people looked and said, you just got swept by by the damn Tigers. You can't do anything. You guys are terrible. And that's the whole thing about the Yankees. And this will lead me right into the next week, the next, the next series, is they looked unwatchable when they're bad. You can't go and watch them. But then they go and will turn it around the next series like they did against the Rays or how they're doing against the Rays right now and make them themselves look like the best team and they look unbeatable. In a way, I think there's still major gaps to fill. I think the biggest thing, and this is the most, I say, unacceptable thing overall for this team is base running. We saw it multiple times this this year. Clint Frazier had a few. Gary has had a ton. Glaber's had one, or at least one. You can't mess up base running. It it's simple as that. Like you you learn base running when you're twelve. Maybe not in the Dominican Republic or Cuba or wherever else, but at least here I know I learned it by the age I was twelve. As I was able to lead off, you learn what not to do to lead off. You learn how to lead off. 
before that, you always know, hey, ball's in front of you, you stay. If you're on second, there's nobody on first. Gary. Hey, you go halfway on a fly ball. If there's less than two outs, you go, and you're on first, you go halfway and see what happens. Clint Frazier. Glaber, just don't get picked off. Like, <laughs> But those base running errors takes runs away. And we saw that happen and got really scary in the Rays game. It was our second game against the Rays. First game, sorry. First game against the Rays. Gary did a great job in this. It was was a a tie game, 3-3, going into, I think it was the bottom of the eighth, if I'm correct. Gary's leading off. Hits a great shot. Great shot off the wall. Lead off double. Amazing. Amazing start. Then, whoever is after him, Frazier, I think? No. No, no, no. I think it's Gardner. No, I'm in... Duhar should have been. It should have been Sanchez and Duhar, Gardner, Frazier. So it should have been and Duhar up. I think he gets out. He strikes out because he was not having a good day. As I said earlier, he was one for five. Strikes out. Gardner's up. Grounds out to the shortstop. Gary goes. Gary runs from second base. Runs. He's not fast enough to be able to make it anyways. But he's so slow that he was able to... Their shortstop, who I forget now because they just traded him away. Uh, <laughs> because they just traded Adamus. I forget who their shortstop is. Just goes, fields the ball, tags Gary out. You just went and from the bottom of the eighth being tied 3-3 with an early runner in scoring position. So now being... Two outs. Runner on first. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of getting a little bit of the Knights confused. Or not the Knights, the time. It might have been the bottom of the ninth at that point. Or the bottom of the eighth. I don't remember exactly. But. That happens. Oh, I think it was the bottom of the ninth, actually. No. I don't know. I'm getting myself confused at this point. But yeah. Gary went and costed a potential go-ahead run. I'll say go-ahead. Go-ahead winning whatever it was run in that situation just because he didn't know how to run. You're a catcher. You don't run unless you need to. Stay exactly where the hell you are and don't move unless you're forced to. He was not forced to. There was nobody at first. But luckily, luckily, Clint Frazier got up in the bottom of the 11th. Now, what we saw in the bottom of the 10th was a great shot. I don't know. This thing, I think this was the bottom of the 9th. We saw a great shot by DJ LeMahieu, but ended up being the third out in the inning. Had a great line drive just straight to the second baseman. It was a great shot. Really, probably could have could have done it. It was close though. It was hit a bit too hard. It, it was hit a bit too hard, and probably wouldn't have scored whoever was on third. Which I think 
Yeah, so as a bottom in the ninth, we have Gardner on second, Frazier on first. So good speed. Good speed. But I'm sorry. I'm looking at stuff now. Oh, sorry. So that was not the bottom of the eighth. I I run run back what I said way earlier. It was the bottom of the seventh. Sanchez lead off, leads off with a great shot to left field. Doubles. Great start. And Duhar grounds out to short. But the shortstop just tags um, Gary and then gets nothing else. Gardner flew out. Frazier then ground, grounded out. So nothing, nothing big happened there. But anything that would have been one less out potentially, maybe depends on the situation but still in the same situation you're going to be going and seeing that now we have a runner on second again one out and that changes everything i think that's always a big thing that i I think of while i play or like while i watch something is how much of an impact every little pitch every little play all that changes everything really but anyways bottom of the eighth um we did nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, bottom nine. Then uh, we're back at almost the same spot. Sanchez and Duhar Gardner, Frazier, Gardner and Frazier walk. The other two were unable to get on. LeMahieu had a great liner, right to the second baseman. It was a great hit. But that's the biggest thing is I don't know. Even though it was Gardner. I don't know if you'd want to send him. That wasn't a Rosarina. Um, I think it was their Wendell. I forget their lineup exactly. But they, uh, if it if it did go to um, right field, they probably wouldn't have been able to produce anything because it was such a hard hit ball. That was though top nine. We saw Chapman come in. Chapman threw a gem, but you're really praying to yourself that you score the bottom of the ninth. Or else nothing happens. Because then you just wasted an an inning from Chapman. They went and they changed pitching to Lutkage. I don't know how to say Lutkage. Is is it Lutkage? Um, They like to say um, Ludge. Everybody likes to say very different name. But he comes in in the top of the 10th. Does a great job. Does an amazing job. One, two, three inning. And then bottom 10... Uh, we saw nothing else be produced. And it ended up being that we had runners on, uh, runners, bases loaded, I'm pretty sure. Bases loaded. And uh, after they went and they walked Torres, because it was uh, first and third, they walked Torres, who pinched hit to get Gary up. Gary struck out. So I thought their whole plan was to go and get Gary on second because he can't run the bases for shit. I think it was an amazing plan. The only difference is that um, Gary's on second and Duhar uh, grounds out to the shortstop, which luckily he didn't run. Luckily, thank God. Uh, (laughs) uh, Gary didn't run. Uh, Brett Gardner went and hit a line grounder to the first base, which moved Gary over to third. And Clint Frazier struts up and cranks one to left field to end it. Great way to end it. Love to see great things from Clint. 
he really has been starting to turn this around for the Yankee outfield because the Yankee outfield has been so questionable and so kind of doubtful, recently at least. And it's good to see that these people are kind of starting to produce and being a little more active and helping the team a bit more. And it is just a great way to end the game, great way to end the first game against the rival. And we go back to yesterday, last night, or sorry, game two, I should say, against the Rays. And it was a very similar performance. We saw good, good things from both sides. Really, both teams were having good games. Montgomery pitched insane for us. He did so well. Six and a third. Uh, one earned six Ks. He has stepped up his game, and it's helped us so much. Him going to the next level at this point, being able to be that solid number two for us, especially with other people kind of starting to still be a little shaky. We saw good things from Tyone, but not enough. Armand's gone. Really not always been enough. It's good to go and see that Montgomery can come in and be that reliable number two so we aren't forced to go and just prey on Garrett Cole starts. Along with that, we also saw Geo go and do a great job. To, um, a home run from him in the first, which is is a huge boost and is so important, especially for him in the... In the moment, he was going like 0 for 16 or something like that, 0 for 6, something. I don't remember exactly what the um, streak was, but it was not a good streak at all. But he's able to now turn that around, starting to be back to where he was before. And I think he's, I don't know why people don't think he's, the, I think he's the MVP of our team this year. He's doing so well. He's being a great job defensively and offensively. And I think that, that that Gio is doing a great job. Torres is starting to do a great job. We're kind of seeing this turnaround. I still think that we should see a little bit more from DJ, though. But be what it, it is what it is. I think I might just have high expectations for DJ. Because he is batting a two fifty five, which is still a very good average. talking about averages we still have about three guys we still have three people who are kind of consistently in the lineup still batting under 200 we have a few batting just over 200 if I take a look people who play a good amount I should say and have under that 200 average we have Mike Ford with a 133 Gardner has a 185. Frazier batting 190. Higgy, 194. Hicks, well, Hicks not in the lineup really anymore because of that injury. He was batting in 194. Odor is, also, is a 196. And Gary, first one to break over that um, 200 mark most recently, he's batting a 205. So those are people 
Odor gets a ton of playing time. Frazier, a ton of playing time. Gardner, a ton of playing time. And recently, Ford, but they've clearly been trying to fix and get out of using Ford, which is huge. But those are three guys who are consistently in the lineup. Or semi-consistently. They're not always in the lineup. Of course, Yankees are going and getting a nice mix-up going every game. But those are three guys who are in the lineup a ton and are batting under 200. Not just 250. Not just 300. There's only one person batting over 300 on our team. But that's... uh, Estefan Florial, but that doesn't count because he only has uh, <laughs> three appearances. But it, that's something you kind of need to control. I mean, 250, the the Tyler Wade and Tyler Wade, LeMahieu, Stan, Urshela, Torres, and Judge, only people batting over 250. So the big gap between Gary and Wade, that's a that's a 45 point gap and the only person in that gap is Miguel Andujar. You have a you have that big difference in batting average and I feel like that is what hurts teams. Having the threat of the first 5 guys and then going and being able to, to pitch however you want to to the last 4 really kind of shows the difference. It, it feels like a little league game. You're like a little league game. You're like, hey, I got to get through these four people and then I can just throw meatballs down the middle. They're going to miss. And that hurts the team a lot. But I think the biggest thing is that these guys are still, or some of them at least, are still producing in pretty good moments. I mean, Ford really hasn't been doing a ton. Gardner, I think we keep saying, really not an amazing job. Clint Frazier doing a great job in the field. He's doing an amazing job out there, really making plays for us. And on the other end, offensively, hasn't always been there, hasn't exactly been there as we need to. Kai, uh, Higa, uh, uh, Higgy, eh, best way to put it. <laughs> Higgy's, eh. He's, I think he plays like a backup. He clearly shows that he doesn't have the time like the, the the playing time to have that higher average and play a little bit better. But when he goes in, he does produce for us at least once a game. And in some points, two home runs a game. We'll take that every time. And that's just the batting average that doesn't show it. Odor, he's been a huge part of clutch defense, offense. He's got that clutch spot. It's just in whole and in general, he's not doing Amazing. One thing I do want to pick up, or mention, I should say, before I do end off with the Yankees, is that our relievers have stepped up after our starters have stepped up. So we saw our starters step up. They went, what it was it, 32 innings, basically, without um, an earned run against them. And that kind of ended a bit. Erman's kind of a little falling off. Tyone's not really doing amazing. Kluber got hurt. Kluber's hopefully throwing, they said could be. Um, as I just talked about, Monty is still doing a really good job, and Cole's still being Cole. Now after that's cooled down, we still have our relievers doing extremely well. Everybody knows Chapman is 
easily the best closer in the league this year. I have to say that. By far, he's the most productive. He's doing so well keeping the ball in the zone. The addition of the off-speed um, of the splitter has helped him so much, making so much more of a threat. And I think that that changes him entirely as a pitcher and entirely how people look at him. But the stat line for our closers in general, just as a whole, our relievers are doing so well. We have 15 and a third recently, I should say. Through 15 and a third, we have eight hits, zero earned, three walks, 15 Ks. That's production. That is extremely productive defense from our relievers. Especially from a group of guys that really aren't these these top pitchers in the league. I mean, of course, as we said, of course you're going to have Chapman up there. Chad Green's been talked about a little bit. Lutkich has been doing insane for us. Sesa's been coming in pretty well. Wandy Peralta's even been doing um, some well. He was doing really good at the beginning when he first showed up. Kind of slowed down a bit since, but Loisica, Green, and Ludgage are easily the top three relievers that have been working so well for us and been doing so amazing. I'm going to go and look at what their ERA is. I don't want to know that. So Green has a 193, uh, 1.93 ERA. Loisica has a 2.2 and Ludgage has 2.36 so going in that order as we saw Chapman has a a 0.41 only allowed one earned run Green's allowed 6 in 70 uh, allowed 6 earned runs in 28 innings Loisica has allowed 7 in 28 and Ludgage is in basically the same thing seven and 26 and two thirds. So they've been so doing so well for us, keeping that ERA under three. So that's even for, especially for a a reliever, it's so easy to go in as a reliever, give up a single run and your ERA screwed. But we're not seeing that from these relievers. They're coming in being extremely good, being extremely productive. And helping us get through the game, especially at times where our offense isn't always there. I think that they're doing a huge job, especially now. But they've been doing a huge job all year with that. And I have to give it up to them. But yeah, Yankees doing extremely well the last two games. Just started their game when I'm recording this. Their third game against the Rays. Hoping it goes just as well as it has. Hopefully. But... Yeah, as I said at the beginning, two completely different start to the week compared to the end of the week. But that is all that I have on the Yankees. I want to do a quick check around the league. We have quite a few things, quite a few things. Lexi hates this when I have quite a few things. Started off, Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Indians was the first pitcher in the league to go and hit 100 Ks this season. Just a a reference, Cole's at 97 as of right now. So, he's catching up, but isn't there quite yet. 
Next thing I want to mention, Yerman Mercedes. Everybody's been talking about this guy. I mean, how couldn't you? Not just because of what he did against the Twins, but he's also been playing like an absolute monster. He's a menace. This one against, I'm pretty sure this is the Orioles, went and crushed in the bottom of the second. A 3-0 count, ball up in the zone. Or sorry, no, bottom. the ball was down the zone, I should say, but a 3-0 ball, man crushed it. Just don't get into a 3-0 count against him. That's, that's, that's entirely what you got to do. It's simple as that. Now, oh God, I got to bring up the Yankees again. Now, this was a while ago as well. I think it was, this was right after record last time. It was a series against the Blue Jays. The Yankees had. They only had the one game because then the others got rained out. Alex Manoa went and made his debut, his major league debut. Six innings pitched, two hits, two walks, seven Ks against the Yankees. So sad news against the Yankees, but you got to give it up to him. That was a great start, a great start to a career for him. Go along with that. Chris Bassett of the Oakland A's, soon to be, I don't know, Portland A's? I don't know. We'll see where they end up. Uh, He had a complete game shutout. Nine innings pitched, two hits, zero runs, one walk, nine Ks. Nine Ks, two hits? Filthy. Filthy. Absolute filth. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. Uh, this was. I made this one for Lexi. With she was here. Um, bottom of the ninth in the San Francisco, Dodger, L.A. Dodgers, game. She almost would have yelled at me too for saying San Francisco, L.A., or San Francisco Dodgers. But you know what? I say what I want to say. The Dodgers playing, um, the Giants. It's a very close game. This is a really entertaining game as well. Dodgers are making a good comeback. Albert Pujols comes up, takes a shot to left field. Mikey boy Talkman, the sock man, robs it and keeps the game going for the Giants. I think they might end up winning that one. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head. Now, a mix mixed things here a mix of things for this week really entirely the Orioles and the Diamondbacks have combined for 25 straight losses that's a whole lot of losses whole lot of losses in a row Diamondbacks have 13 straight which I think is the most in a month and then the Orioles were at 12 It's pretty sad. <laughs> and especially since just last week we were talking about how Trey Mancini was leading the league in RBIs. I think the man still is leading the league in RBIs. But you can't win a game. I don't know. It's the same thing with the with, with the Angels. They can go and do all of this, but not go and... Oh, sorry. Update on that. Sorry. So last week, Trey Mancini was leading 
um, the league in RBIs. Now he's in third at the 44. Abreu, Jose Abreu is in first with 46. So, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there, it, it, that's tough. That's real tough. But I mean, people were expecting that from those two teams. We had our issues as the Yankees against the Tigers, but also just two days ago, they went and put up three players. Sorry, I shouldn't say three players. They put up two players with two home runs in one night against the Brewers, and the Brewers put up one. That's a lot of people. I mean, Colton Wong was one of them. Respect Colton Wong. He's fucking killing it this year. Um, that's just crazy. That's crazy to think that not only were there six home runs across three people, not only were there six home runs, but four of them came from the same team, two people. There's a lot of, a lot of craziness there. So that's a lot of runs. And talking about a lot of runs, the Phillies dropped 17 on the Reds. They won 17 to 3. Why? Why? Why you got to do a man like that? That just hurts. He stepped on their throats. Along with that, you know, the Reds. The Reds seem like a bad team there. Three, I mean, you only put three runs, but they still do have probably two of the, I'd say, close to most improved, most out of nowhere players that we've seen on a team Nick Castellanos Jesse Winker both doing so well for them this year I mean of course we had the news about Castellanos earlier this year about his little confrontation that he had but Jesse Winker is is he is going hard he is doing stuff he shouldn't <laughs> he has, has come out of nowhere and he is currently in second Behind Costa's teammate Castellanos in batting average, batting a 341. Castellanos also in second with total hits behind Adam Frazier with 71. But he, he, this is, Castellanos I've heard of before this year. I've heard of him, but... Winker, I don't think I've ever heard of. He's currently batting a, a 341 with 13 home runs, 29 RBIs, and a um, 1.024 OPS. So he is second in batting average, tied for 10th in home runs, and in third for OPS. So it's on base plus slugging. This man's come out of nowhere, and the Reds have come out of nowhere. Well, I wouldn't say the Reds are coming out of nowhere. They're still not doing too well. But... Castellanos and Winker are both doing crazy good. And MLB and Fox posted Ben Verlander's 2021 All-Star Game starters. And for once, I think I mostly agree with this list. Like, finally, something Ben Verlander says people can agree with. So they have Winker in left, Acuna in center, and Castellanos in right. So that's a starting outfield. Makes complete sense. I just went over how Winker is, uh, Castellanos... As I said earlier, leading the league in average, tie for 18th in home runs, second in OPS. 
So he's killing it. Acuna, 17 home runs to his name. Fourth in OPS with a 1.016. So he's been doing a great job as well. I mean, people put him in the MVP candidate way too early. Me included. But he's been doing an amazing job. Chris Bryant starting over at third. The Cubs. The Cubs were a team that people, especially after last year, didn't think were going to do anything. They thought they were kind of going to fall off and not be able to produce anything. But they have been doing extremely well. I mean, they're in first in the NL Central right now. And Chris Bryant currently leading in batting average and OBP. So, sorry, I should say he's leading in batting average, on-base percentage, and hits. 60 hits to his name, three, batting a, um, a 317 with a 398 on-base percentage. So he's fifth in average, fifth in OPS. And I think, I realize that those are probably the two biggest stats, at least so far. And I think that that, those are two big stats, though. Those are two very important stats because those people will love to say that, hey, look past the game, look past the stats, look at the game. But I think batting average, especially now, is a huge stat, is a huge stat especially this year with how many no-hitters we're seeing. I think that average on-base percentage, things like that, are extremely important to look at. Tatis is at short. People are saying... Uh, Baez over Tatis. I think that that's a tough spot. I think it's going to be it's close because it's the NL. I think it's close between Tatis and Trey Turner. Trey Turner has been also having a killer year. I think the only difference is how Tatis has come back from injury, COVID, and he's been doing an insane job. He's been hitting the ball so hard. He's been doing a, a great job when he comes back. He is uh, tied for technically he's tied for third in home runs with 16 as I said uh, Guerrero and Acuna have 17 and he is tied with uh, Adolis Garcia of the Rangers I think it's close I think it's very close I think one of them should make it one of them should make the bench 100% Adam Frazier starting at second base a pirate wow Somebody on the Pirates is doing okay. And okay is a very key word. <laughs> he is leading the league in hits. I said that earlier. Um, he has 71 hits to his name. That kind of shows you how hits don't doesn't do everything for a team because they're still the Pirates and they still suck. But he's been doing extremely well. And I can't really think of many other second basemen in the league in general. <laughs> Max Muncy over at first, I think, is also reasonable. I can't think of many first basemen, specifically in the NL, that I would want, that I could really think of that I've heard of all that much recently. Starting pitcher, Jacob deGrom. I don't have to say anything. You get it. Uh, Buster Posey catching. That's another thing that, I think depends on the league and depends on the situation. Buster Posey's been having a good a, a good year, especially. I mean, we're seeing 
the Giants as a whole have a very good year for themselves. And I think that, that there's not a lot of comp, good competition against him. We haven't really heard of Real Muto. What happened to Real Muto? I feel like something had to happen to Real Muto. I'm just trying to look at what he has right now because I haven't heard anything from him. 2021, um, 35 hits and 122 at bats, batting a 287. Honestly, not doing terrible. He just I don't think he has. He's doing the same thing that he was last year. I just think that's interesting. But that's that's Ben Verlander's starting lineup. I honestly don't completely disagree with it. Surprising. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I think that at the moment it's very accurate. Uh, I think all-star voting just came out today and people were looking all into it. The, the post that MLB posted about it had like judge on it. I don't know if judge can really make it. Um, I think that there are people above him who are doing a little bit better than him this year. I think people who are, who are going to make it, I think Devers will make it. Um, he's been having a great year. Of course, we're going to see DeGrom. Lancelin's probably going to make it. Chapman's going to make it. Cole, I think, can make it. Is probably going to make it, I should say. Not, not just think. I'm pretty sure that he is going to make it. I'm going to look over at the stats. Shaq Flaherty is leading in wins. I don't think that's as important because as we see ERA, Jacob deGrom leading with a 0.71. Fun thing about Jacob deGrom, there's a cool stat line that came up. The first time around the order, people have a 164 against deGrom. It just gets better from there. The second time around, batting 138. And the third time around, they're only batting third time and more. Their, his opponents are batting 63. So 0.063 is the batting average when people face DeGrom the third time or more. Screw you, Rays. Screw you, Tampa Bay. You don't know anything. You don't know anything about this whole up. Oh, you don't want to see a pitcher a second or third time. That's when they're going to start jumping on you. DeGrom just showed showed you up. He just showed you up and and said, suck it. <laughs> but I think Bieber, as we said, Bieber is probably going to make it. Glasnow is going to be up there. Bauer is going to be up there. Scherzer is going to be up there. Pitchers are kind of a bit more tough because I don't know how many they keep on the roster. I know they like one closer. I think they have two starters. I don't know how many relievers or if they just replace relievers with starters. I don't know. Um, but those are, I think, the, the most most important that we're seeing pitching-wise. I think Turner should make it 100%. I'm, Turner should go and, and make the All-Star game at some point, whether it's starting or not, or right behind Tatis. Both of them have been having a really great year. 
JD Martinez might also be up there. Um, he's currently uh, second in average. But I don't think that's as important. I think Rafael Devers will probably be the one more likely in uh, on the Red Sox to go and grab a all-star game. Looking at the stats for each side, as we already said, Bieber's probably going to make it the most. He has the most strikeouts. It's going to be tough between Glass now and Cole. I think with the ERA, Cole can win because he does have a solid ERA above Glass now. Almost two runs entirely. The only difference is that Glass now has nine more Ks, but I think the value of ERA over Ks, ERA takes the win there. And then, yeah, batting. Um, Vladdy's going to make it, I think. Shohei Otani's going to make it. Trout's probably going to make it, even though he's not leading any major stat line, which is interesting. Oh, I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. That's why. If I'm correct, he's still out for another few weeks. But honestly, even if he is out for another few weeks, he'll probably still make it. If I'm correct, he should still. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's on the 10 day. He probably will still make it. <laughs> No, maybe not, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, Dolas Garcia for the Rangers has been doing extremely well recently, very recently specifically. He already has 16 home runs on the year, so he is tied for third with 16 home runs, tied for fifth with 41 RBIs, and in 16th with an 893 um, on-base plus slugging. I think that that doesn't get much better there. I think he's doing a great job. And that's the AL. The NL, I kind of already went over. That was the whole list. But pitching-wise, I think DeGrom makes it. And it's going to be tough to see how their order works and how many pitchers they take, who that number two is going to be. Because there are a lot of very good pitchers in the NL. Bauer, Scherzer, Kershaw. All doing a great Gossman for the Giants doing a great job. Brandon Woodruff for Milwaukee's doing a great job. Flaherty. I mean, he's the most wins, not really leading in any other uh, major category, though. Not really even in top five of any other major category, which is pretty interesting. But we'll see. We'll see how all these go. We'll see how people vote. And we'll see what the All-Star game is in just, I think, a few short weeks. But that is about it for today for me. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, follow, subscribe, whatever you need to do. Go tell somebody about this episode, about the Pinstripe podcast. Go do your thing. But if you want to follow us on any kind of more Yankee news or even some general around the league big news, you can go and follow us on Instagram at Pinstripe 
dot podcast. We go post scorecards. As I said, news, lineups every day. It is getting a little bit rough because we are being more busy. Hopefully, I can start hopping on a little bit more because my school is coming to a close pretty soon. So I might be able to get a little bit more in. Lexi can be a little less mad at me for not doing any work. (laughs) That's a personal issue. But anyways, that will be all. You guys, have a good day. Thank you.